Hi, I'm Heidi, and you are listening to A Church in Lament. This week I sat down and spoke with Laura about her experience with church leadership, which was focused on or centered around her experience with church leadership being pretty, pretty terrible in the way that damaged her trust in the church and has led to her having a pretty skeptical existence now whenever she walks into a church building. Even though her situation is unique, I think many people can relate to that experience and I'm excited for you all to hear what she has to say about it. This week, we do talk about ways that pastors have actively hurt people in their congregations. We don't go into too many specifics, but I do want you to keep in mind, if this is a touchy area for you, to take good care of yourself while you listen to this podcast. Ultimately, we we want you to be okay, and we want these stories to be ones that stir up feelings in you, but we don't want you to feel overwhelmed. So if that brings it up in you, please, please practice good self-care. Take a walk. Connect with someone who gets it. Journal. Reach out to Ron or Anna or me. We're going to put our contact information in the show notes. And I want to give a reminder before we begin that we in City Chapel are taking this season to intentionally practice lament, particularly lament around the ways the actions or the inaction of the larger church in America have hurt its people. After all, if you can't trust the church, it can be difficult, if not impossible, to trust God. you on. Thanks. Yeah. Good to be here. Okay. So let's start by talking about what you lament in the church. Yeah. Oh, you know, big question. Loaded topic. <laughs> Surprise. That's what we're talking from about today. personal experience. <laughs> there's things, you know, for everybody, but yeah. I know for this segment we were getting into my own personal experience with lament in the church. Yeah. And I would have to say that there's a lot of trust issues that I have with the church that I lament because of roles of leadership that were presented to me growing up. Mm -hmm. Not from my parents. They're great. Mm -hmm. Good job. Not from everybody. Yeah. There have been some really good leadership roles that I've seen and experienced over the years, but just like very specific, very traumatizing and like hurtful things that are presented as right and okay. And like, this is this is what's being modeled for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like not everyone in your life has been like horrible. Right. But the people who have been bad have been like yes. pretty and extraordinarily like, bad. Yeah. Oh, and the good <laughs> for me in life in general, the good outweighs the bad yeah. in almost every capacity, yeah. except for that the bad is just more memorable. <laughs> yeah. And the bad actually hurts you. So yeah. 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 Good That's- is nurturing. Good is great. Yes. Yeah. Good is easy to take for granted. Yeah, so I guess I'll just jump in. Okay. Just yeah. give some examples. I'm not going to use names. Yes. Because these people are living and breathing and alive in the world and have children and families. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, we're, yeah. That sounds good. Okay. I grew up going to a church in Flint. Um, the church is not called the same thing anymore, but the structure is still there. Okay. So, for the first, I would say, 10, 11, 12 years... Everything's great, everything's good, thriving, great children's program, great youth program, amazing. Um, And then we had a pastor that, you know, we're all pretty like 
meshed with this family. Um, very close friendships, very close in general. Um, my parents were super involved in all the churches we've ever been to with like youth group, children's ministry, providing a house to go sledding at or mm. giant parties with tons of food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we were always like really meshed into whatever church we went in because I also grew up in a family with five children. Okay. So we're like, we make up a significant portion of whatever youth group is yeah. going on. Yeah so, yeah, so it's kind of the ideal yeah. childhood church Oh, yeah, experience. super great. Yeah, tons of families that we're really, to this day, still very close with. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of hurt that happened um, at that church as a result of an affair that happened with the pastor at that church and somebody who worked at the church. Okay. So, long story short, everything kind of came to, a, like, the light, and everybody yeah. found out about it, and... The church didn't just like fall apart right away, yeah. but what happened was I'm pretty sure this pastor was like moved on to another church, just kind of like ushered out essentially. Okay. And so what happened was there was like an interim pastor for a while and then a new pastor and like a lot of flux and like things were never really the same, but in the process of all of this happening, and this is like years you know, my family was on, like, leadership boards and stuff and trying to help with interim things. Great new pastor moves in. Great, great pastor. Like, mm -hmm. still friends with this pastor's daughter. Mm -hmm. um, but some of the people that were, like, on the advisory board were just toxic. Mm -hmm. And just, who knows how they end up in places of leadership. Yeah. Hard to say. Very yeah. hard to say. Because yeah. a lot Toxic of feelings people. for a lot of people were hurt by, you know, those people saying, like, you're not welcome here. Or, like, oh, maybe man. you shouldn't be here. Like, if you think it's so bad, leave. Yikes. Instead of, like, listening to advice or, like, you know, this, it, like, I can help. Or, like, you could do stuff a different way. Just yeah. leave. You could go. Yeah, they got pretty reactive. Yeah, instead of Healthy. open to anything, really. It was just like brick wall. Okay. And it was very much so like a collaborative church, like community-oriented. Everybody had a role. Everybody, or if there wasn't a role for you, they made a role. Hmm. Like, there were literally paintings of houses in the basement because they just, like, wanted to use this lady's gifts for painting. <laughs> That's so awesome. just seeing yeah. that modeled as a child... And then seeing my parents not having a place for them anywhere, for people yeah. who were so heavily involved. Yeah. And just being, like, told to leave after, what, 15 years of okay. So your parents service. came to a head with these toxic people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because the they, yeah. My parents, they have, like, really, I think everybody likes to think they have, like, a good guiding compass, but their mm -hmm. discernment is very good yeah and I think because I've seen many leaders with bad people surrounding them or maybe they themselves don't have great judgment I've built that discernment into myself too yeah I think. yeah yeah it's one of those gifts that can come yeah. through really difficult experiences yeah because it's Honest. a protection yeah. thing yeah at a certain point long story short they're asked to leave, but that, let's back up just a little. Like, this is before that happens. There's like this, oh, there are so many bad, 
youth pastors in my life. <laughs> there are some great ones too, I will yeah. say. You always end on a high note. Um, but just, you know, like youth pastors that are very machismo, very macho, yeah. um, only friends with the coolest guys in the youth group. think it's yeah. awesome to like throw fully clothed girls into the pool when they're saying, please don't do that, don't do that, no, don't yeah. really want to say I'm on my period with a pad on, like there's no yeah. backup option of dry clothes for me at this party. Yeah, and never mind why is an adult man grabbing me and throwing me into girls. the water, dragging yeah. me into, yeah. Yeah, because no. did he do that to boys? I don't know. Or is it, no, just girls. Nope. Okay. And this was at the first church. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so there's no accountability, no, really, for zero, people in leadership. That is the accountability. Yeah. yeah like is that more toxic? Is like this macho human. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Strong man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, moving on, like, totally different youth group experiences. Um, had a really good youth intern once upon a time that okay. was, like, really good at forming youth relationships. Okay. And I would say I had, like tons of great relationships that came out of that our youth group regularly on a regular basis we had 70 people hanging out like all the time Whoa. and I will say that actively that youth group probably kept all of us from being the typical high school students that like drink and try marijuana and things <laughs> oh, like that no. <laughs> I mean honestly we had yeah. so much fun That's we were like making movies and hanging out and not getting into trouble, which is hilarious for yeah, that's a sixteen-year-olds. Yeah, it's a very successful youth group. If yeah. that's like the kind of memories right. you have around it, right? So yeah. that was just an that was like a summer-long intern youth pastor. But this other youth pastor we had at a totally different church located also in Flint. Um, <laughs> so they didn't hire the who everybody thought they might kind of like hire who was great with all the youth and all the youth knew who this person was and he was like really good at creating community yeah was this still your original church nope this This is a different church like we kind of hopped around after a while we were essentially vagrants (laughs) for the rest of my high school life i used to call us like the church hoppers because we literally tried every church in flint or beyond, like some in Flushing too, I think. Or I like went to church with some of my friends because I'd be like, I don't know, where do you go? Yeah, just kind of desperate to I find. I don't know where. Yeah. And that wasn't an isolated story for myself. It was like all of my friends' parents were doing the same thing. Yeah. You guys were moving around as a group together, right? Kind of, yeah. yeah. Like we would try a place and then somebody would be like, so what do you think about this? Or like, does it does it seem to be a good place? Because yeah. we had tried so many different churches at this point Yeah. that, I mean, I even went to one youth group where the youth leader, I put that in quotes because I know you can't see that, but he was like in his 50s and then engaged slash going to be married to his like adoptive sister so super messed up super weird we left that place (laughs) like these are i tell these stories but these are real like when i list them out yeah they get worse so yeah like this is early 2000s late 90s yes like you know better like this isn't shouldn't be a thing but yeah okay yeah 
Yeah, yeah. And, and not to like hate on like the deep Midwest, but like this isn't Missouri no. or like Iowa. This is like, Michigan. This is Michigan. No, it's Midwest, but like not bumpkin. Yeah, not bumpkin. I can say that, listeners, because I am from Iowa, and my aunt and uncle <laughs> were married at fourteen because they had to flee to Missouri to get married. Flee. So mm-hmm. I think I get that. <laughs> yeah. So these are all things where I went to public school. I feel like it was a pretty large school okay. for our area. I mean, I'm from a small town, yeah. but. Even when I walk into a situation like that, I go, wait, how do you know each other? That's not, mm. Yeah. And all of us kind of looking around, there's like a table of five of us at this Sunday school and we're like looking around like, what? Yeah, like people know about this. Yeah, like this, okay. What in the world? Yeah, so another great leadership, you know, person in leadership was when they pulled on this youth leader at a different church I was going to. This was the one that we officially like landed on. Okay. And so I think I went to that youth group for maybe the last two years of high school. Okay. Or whatever. Or at least during Sunday mornings. Okay. Yeah, so that youth leader did not last long at all. Um, He was brought in to try out, essentially. Mm -hmm. But... We all felt really bad because, like, he had a daughter our age, Mm -hmm. and we liked her a lot, but we were like, your dad is creepy, and creepy. Just not, none of us feel great about this situation. And it all kind of came to a head again when my, one of my best friends was standing with my baby sister, who at the time was, like, eight years old, and they were just, like, hanging out, just waiting for our parents to get done with church, you know how parents talk a lot at church. Mm -hmm. And my baby sister walks up to my mom and I think, I'm about to say a word that I don't know if there's like kids in the car because I don't want to be this person (laughs) for other people's children. So just Mm -hmm. like mute it for a second. But my little baby sister walks up to my mom and she goes, what's an orgy? And my mom is like, where did you hear that word? And she's like, you know, pastor, blah, pastor, boy's name. And my mom goes, what? And talks to my best friend, and she's like, yeah, he's, yep, he just, like, fully said that to us. Because we were talking about hanging out later, and he said, what are you going to do, have an orgy? Oh, my goodness. Cool. Beyond inappropriate. To an eight-year-old, and also, to be fair, to a 15-year-old group of girls. Yeah. And, none like, we're very innocent at that point. Like, I didn't know what that was. Yeah. I have to go Google it. Oh, no. (laughs) Mm. that's not the things you should be learning in youth group but like again once again and again and again and again and again like you see these things happen and they're not isolated incidents after a certain amount of these things happen you start to have resentment and like bitterness towards pretty much anybody in leadership yeah like right away like I don't get attached to anybody in leadership until until maybe ever yeah. With the exception of the pastor right now, who I've, I've known since before he was a pastor. Okay. So, like, that is helpful because I know I can vouch for your character yeah. for 10 years back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Ron? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep, yeah, for sure. And, like, knew him before he was even considering that line of employment. Yeah. Doing yeah. the Lord's work. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. it's. And it, I He's just, a person. First. Yeah, there's just so many pastors I've sat in the sermons and they're just trying to be comedians all the time too. Yeah. They're like, look at my hot wife, 
spin around, oh, babe. Let's so yeah, gross. let's check that out. Like that kind of thing all the yeah. time. Yeah. And I know that was huge in the late nineties, like yeah. check out my hot wife. But that's just really gross to me. It's it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. We're all nodding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like, disgusting. Cool. Yeah. So how did you, I guess, Wanda, how did you, how did your parents respond to this? This repeated oh, man. breakdown in leadership <laughs> therapy. Uh, yeah. My mom fell apart for years. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine. Depression. Yeah. Yeah. So most of my, like, junior high, early high school was her trying to grapple with, like, because you have to understand all of her friendships, deep friendships, and women who had babies at the same time, mm-hmm. women who she had created community with, suddenly they are all scattered. Everybody's somewhere else. And yeah. those that didn't scatter or who, like, don't go to church, they just don't go anywhere. Or they yeah. moved literally to another state. Yeah. Because they just couldn't, like... It was too hurtful. Like, all the things that happened were just so hurtful, they had to be gone. Yeah. 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 So they, they lost their, their one so home she, church. They lost yeah, their social yeah. system. They right. kind of lost hope in larger and church. I'm somebody who grew up, we used to have a house full of people at all times. Yeah. All weekends, all Sunday nights, or small groups, or whatever. If it wasn't at our house, then we were at somebody else's house who was filled up. So this just wasn't my mom who got hurt. Like, this was this is a lot of people, a lot of families. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, so what I saw her go through is like insane. Mm -hmm. And you know, this was in like the late nineties, early two thousands, kind of before therapy hit Michigan. I mean, it was always there, but it wasn't cool to be like, yeah, I'm seeing a therapist or like, yeah, I'm getting help. Yeah. Like it is in LA. It's like super normal in New York city to be like, yeah, my therapist. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not here. No. Not viewed the same in the Midwest at all. Still, mm-hmm. not still normalized. Struggling. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's always my whole life been stigmatized. So like, mm-hmm. for her to finally seek help was huge, and she still, yeah, like works through all that stuff. My dad is really good at compartmentalizing. Okay. I think I get that from him. Like he doesn't necessarily feel everything so deeply as my mother. She's like a huge empath. She can just tell when something's up. Yeah. You know. Yep. Can't get but, away from it almost. Yeah. And my dad's yeah. always been more, um, he's super scholarly, mm-hmm. like studies the Bible. It's what he does, mm-hmm. has done his whole life and my whole life. Yeah. So that's what and I've for seen. for fun, right? Like oh, that's yeah. not even his profession. No. No. <laughs> just, I don't know why or how, <laughs> how one can read the Bible that much and still love it so much and revere it even more and so I think that's why I still have relationship with God is because I've seen it modeled for me at home outside of church yeah so it's like not been connected to those hurtful things that happened or the people who made bad choices or did hurtful things Mm -hmm. like God and the church has always been super separate for me okay church was always like super social and like I'm here for the people and, you know, maybe some other things during small group will sink in or like we'll sing worship music and feel a connection. But 
Yeah. yeah, but that sense of Christian community is something that you got. Oh, like that's yeah. what church offered for oh, you. Oh, totally. And I don't know how you would get it outside of that. So it sounds like for you and your relationship with God, it was modeled fairly well for you at home what a relationship with God was like. And so this didn't really, it sounds like it didn't really affect too much. Um, and they did a good job of keeping a lot of the behind the scenes from us. And okay. this is stuff I've like picked up over the years. So there's so much more that I don't know about. Yeah. So much deeper, th- like things that, that were done in rooms and meetings that I was not there for. Yeah. That I will probably never know about. Yeah. You were protected from some of, for right. a lot of that. Right. Of but that. like at a certain point, a lot of it boiled over. And so these were things that I heard or like that were done directly to me. Yeah. I mean, and you're, you're picking up that there's, there are problems. Yeah. You're seeing and knowing kind of the gist of what's happening. Oh, that yeah. breakdown of trust. Mm-hmm. You're moving from church to church and experiencing <laughs> that transient. So that's really painful uh, yeah. too. And like, it was really, really weird because my whole life I would tell people exactly where I went to church. Yeah. Proud of it. You know, like super, yeah, look where I go. My family's been going here forever. Like nothing's been different for me. Yeah. And then when the, when we kept trying different places and I kept joking about like church hopping Mm-hmm. And couldn't tell people at high school like where I went and was kind of embarrassed because it's like, yeah, I'm a Christian. But they'd be like, where do you go to church? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, yeah, so <laughs> that's a tricky one. Identity. Yeah. Yeah. A really core mm-hmm. part of your identity. Maybe not necessarily as a Christian, but a Christian functioning in the world yep. and your social community and these things you valued. Yeah. You lost that part of your identity. Right. And there were a lot of us um, in my same high school that identified the same way because we all were going, we're, we were kind of like a patchwork of kids that ended up yeah. at different youth groups Yeah. because we had no home yeah. at that point. Yeah. So I will say we had, I almost think that made our friend group stronger because mm-hmm. of the shared past and yeah. the turmoil. Yeah. So some really beautiful friendships out of it. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I think those friendships can be so deep too when we go through crap together that can really build a resilience because those are the people you can trust Mm -hmm. in those moments right because you're watching people break down trust consistently but when they stay constant and good in those moments Mm -hmm. you know you can trust them Mm -hmm. when i saw a lot of things too that broke my trust my dad's a doctor and so people assume he's mr moneybags Hmm. but what they don't realize is that he has five children that he feeds and sends to college and pays for and we lived super frugally growing up like yeah like we had a donation thing going between all the families you know like Mm -hmm. it comes from this group of girls to my sister and I and then when we're outgrown with it it goes to the next family like I didn't wear jeans till I didn't know what jeans were until junior high (laughs) because we wore leggings because we grew so fast oh yeah and you know we we just like live super frugally um but Anytime a pastor would find out my dad was a doctor, he suddenly wanted to go on vacations with them or like try to get them to do a pyramid scheme or creepy things like that. What is going on? So how in all of that you grew up, left, went to college, are an adult now, Mm -hmm. how has that affected how you trust the church. Can you talk to me a little bit about what trust in the church looked like yeah. after high school? Yeah. Well, I'm super skeptical now, like all okay. the time, which isn't, 
it's healthy in the protection of my myself, but I don't think yeah. it's a healthy outlook in general. Yeah. What does that skepticism look like? Oh, you know, I'll like walk into a church and be visiting for the first time and immediately if they start playing like a keyboard during a really emotional tithe <laughs> offering, I'm like, okay, well this manipulation is not great. Yeah. I, I don't like that. <laughs> like every eye closed, every head bowed, show of hands, like who here is struggling? I see that hand. I see that. And I'm always the one with my eyes open, like looking around because I almost never close my eyes during prayer. Yeah. It's just a thing at this point. Yeah. No, no hands are up. Like mm. when that is being said. And that to me, it's just one of those tricks again from the late yeah. 90s. Like somebody told them, you know, every head bow, every eye closed. I see that hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see that. Oh you know, and goodness. and that's what this the skepticism for me is like, we don't have to lie about it. If there's yeah. no hands up, be like, okay. Yeah. That's okay too. That's fine. That's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. I And yeah. so I do Wait. have like a huge dose of uh wariness like mm-hmm. when it comes to testing out new churches i'm a little yeah. uh more apt to try churches um where they do just like hymns and yeah. scripture because it's it's the emotional aspect of churches that I don't trust. It's like the human aspect of it that I yeah. don't. Yeah. So oh, I, that's so interesting. Yeah. That's so fascinating that you put those two things together. Because mm-hmm. that's the thing I've been trying to figure out. Why, why is it that that emotional component can be the thing that is so triggering for people? Mm-hmm. Um, even when worship was not necessarily part of their trauma. Mm-hmm. And it's the humanness of yeah. it and that raw emotion yeah. and that like... It's the manipulation this... of we're going to try to make you feel Hillsong yeah. vibes up here, yeah. like hands up in the air. I don't like... And it all feels like manipulation to me. Yeah. I mean, the there's time. an expectation. Yeah. Right? Like there are so many unspoken mm-hmm. things that come. If you're mm-hmm. raising your hands, it's like, okay, well now give yeah. money or now... Yep. Yeah. Always. There's always a catch. Great. Kind of is what I've yeah. seen through the years. Yeah, and so hymns and liturgy mm-hmm. is safer. Yeah, and there are certain churches that do that more. Yeah. Like I went to a, or at least certain congregations, but I went to like a Presbyterian church in downtown Flint that was very much hymns and scripture, and it felt mm-hmm. safe. Yeah. And it felt boring, but it felt safe. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, this is what's expected of me. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I say this here. And it said that like in a pamphlet or in a little brochure thing they give you. Yeah. Yeah, like it's like you knew exactly up front what yep. they wanted from you. There were mm-hmm. no surprises, no gimmicks, mm-hmm. no. Yeah, not any. Now this is the time when we talk about, you know, A B C D E F G, orphans in Africa, <laughs> our missions abroad. But then also like, follow it up. I know you always have to ask for money. Like you do have yeah. to get these things. But maybe the way it's done is just yeah. Worst feeling. Yeah. Well, and I think too, it's like using your dad, for example, like the pastor should have let your dad offer mm-hmm. what he wanted to give because yeah. your dad may have had something better to give than right. money, but it's that expectation, right? And it's that ask like and that the, weird pull, that's not what the person initiated. It's just like they put, it's they just, put dollar signs on some people in the congregation yeah. right away. Yep. And to me, that doesn't make them capable of having real relationships with them. As soon yeah. as they know the dollar sign or like the dollar value of this person, it's always, I'm trying to get in your pocketbook. 
So you did find a church that you felt safe in, but it was very, like, Hampton liturgical. And actually, the youth group was where I would go on Sunday nights, I think it was. It was either Wednesday nights or Sunday nights in high school. Yeah. And I, like, once again, most of my best friends from that time, Mm -hmm. um, I'm still in contact with today. Yeah. We still see each other a lot. Yeah. Was there anything that you felt like was missing from that church? Because did you also go to a liturgical one after college, too? I did. Um, I went to my brother's Austin. church in Austin. Okay. Yep. So that was Methodist? Okay. Right? I can't remember. Okay. One of them. Yeah, but it was super, um, like, scripture. Sometimes it was in Spanish, so I didn't even know it was happening, which is great. <laughs> um, and then hymns. Yeah. Or sometimes we would literally flip in, like, a book, a hymn book. Mm. So you would, yeah, you would come to the service um, I felt a little lost the first time just because everybody was saying things like, I guess it probably said it in the bulletin and I just didn't read it. Sure. Yeah. Like after certain scriptures, they would say a little finishing thing. Like how oh, we do like, be to God and also with you, stuff like that. Like those little yeah. sayings yeah. that I don't always know where to put them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Because mm-hmm. if you don't grow, in the, grow up in the tradition, you know, it's like you say oh, Christ to you, Christ after the gospel. I didn't know what the RCA was. Until about my third year at Hope College, which is like an RCA affiliated. I just thought they were throwing out like KFC, ATT, one, two, three, (laughs) like ABC. Yeah, I just didn't, I didn't know, I didn't care and didn't know what different denominations were. Yeah. Like, I don't care, really. And I didn't know there were so many rules. And like, people would say things all at once. And I... The first time that ever happened, I remember being so weirded out that everybody knew when to come in. I thought I was in one of those, um, like a, not like a zombie movie, but just like maybe a dream. Yeah. It was really weird. Like creepy post-apocalyptic. Like everybody like had these batteries and they got put on and then their button got turned on and then somebody <laughs> with a remote pushed the red button and it was like... And also with you. And I was like, ah, that is the interpretation of someone with trust issues. For yeah. Sure. Like, what is happening? What type of like science fiction wild? Yeah. But I really loved like learning more about it. it was great. Yeah. And I had no idea. Why is nothing being done? Because I'm guessing you guys, it sounds like you guys are going from church to church to church. You were the ones leaving. Mm -hmm. There wasn't accountability being held. And if you're going from church to church, I mean, it sounds like you visited denominational churches. You visited Mm -hmm. non-denom churches. Like there were church hierarchies in place, Mm -hmm. sometimes and not. And in no situation were people really held accountable. At least not in a meaningful way while you guys were there which should have happened immediately, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think that can be such a breakdown of trust too. So like not only is there, are there people in church who do bad things, but the structure of the church itself in multiple situations was set up in a way where they were able to continue doing bad things or they just shuffled, send them on to the next, never mind. Not like, fired, just moved along and not really listening to teens or hmm. the parents of these teens at the time and just yeah. disregarding it like oh well oh well <laughs> yeah yeah i mean because statistically 
people do not make these things up. No, no. Like it's, I think it was like less than one percent of allegations of that nature mm-hmm. are like actually made up. Why would you? Up. There's what no reason. Teenager? Yeah. Why Absolutely. would I dwell on things that aren't real? Yeah. In my head. Yeah. yeah, and what would you gain out of losing your youth pastor? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're enjoying youth group, yeah. you don't want change <laughs> to happen. Exactly. Yeah, so, like, not being taken seriously either. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like you grew up? Like, do you feel like you kind of missed that, like, A little bit, even though, spiritually, I've... Hey, that's a loaded question. Always, you're not a child. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spiritually, I think I did a lot more growing up in college and after college than I ever did in high school. It was all about my friends in high school. Yeah, you kind of just being like a good kid. I was so worried about not doing stuff wrong because hell, but (laughs) you know. motivator for some. There's a lot of like angels watching maybe. I don't know. It's, it's, it's really relayed in a confusing way when you're a kid. Yeah. To the point where I felt embarrassed in the shower. I was like, can the angels see me naked? Is this allowed? (laughs) Like, I don't know. <laughs> That's amazing. Is my grandpa up? Like, can he see me? I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But I think I did a lot more um, spiritual growth after college when I was out on my own and didn't yeah. have it built right into my daily schedule at Hope or yeah. had to make choices like, do you want to go to church? Yeah. Is this something you're going to do or is it just a habit? Yeah, yeah, it's something you had to kind of initiate on your yeah. own and find your own personal I think meeting. About three years when I didn't go to any type of church whatsoever, because I felt daunted a by yeah. the fact of finding a church. Yeah, and I did try a couple of them, but they right away like red flags. Yeah, everywhere, and I was I I couldn't. So what is it like for you, and you are welcome to not answer this question publicly, mm-hmm. what is it like for you now being married to a worship <laughs> pastor? Isn't that funny? <laughs> the irony that just comes around. Isn't that hilarious? The son of pastors, <laughs> or pastor. Yeah, so, um, funny story. Um, I think I'm able to be married to somebody who's a worship leader right now because our very first date ever, um, I did not know that... Garrett was the son of a worship leader and a pastor and I just started like he he had asked me some stuff about church and that's super triggering to me especially years ago when I had even less of a filter and I just like started going off and I was like oh I I think I literally said I hate all pastors or like I don't trust any pastors (laughs) and and then I think he got really quiet and I was like what what and he's like well I mean like all pastors? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, they're just, you have to remember too that these are just humans in a role. Like they're human, so they sin too. Or like they do bad things too. Yeah. And I was like, well, I hadn't really thought about it that way. I had always kind of pedestaled them. Like, yeah. I put those people to a higher standard than most other people. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, my parents are pastors. And I was like, well, if you don't want a second date, that's cool. Cause <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah, so the fact that we kept dating after that spoke volumes to me. I had a really good worship leader at Hope that was great, amazing. Very, very much an overthinker, mm-hmm. but to the benefit of everybody else. 
like yeah. thought so much and so deeply about things that you knew every sentence was thought out and he wasn't just like shooting the breeze and he yeah. would never say things unless he meant them and he wasn't yeah. just a bro throwing girls in the pool like so I think he yeah. had a lot to do with where Garrett ended up going to grad school because mm. um, they talked about it a lot okay and Garrett changed a lot when he went to Fuller out in Pasadena and he learned so much and it like opened his brain in weird ways and he met so many people not like him mm -hmm. um, he that totally carried into his life now yeah so I I'm always shocked by Garrett's responses when when he says things like you know I'm thinking about like taking this leadership position this was before he started um, at City Chapel he was like talking to me about maybe taking this position and what was happening and I was like well don't expect me to be there every week. And he's like, why would I expect you to be there every week? Mm. And I was like, oh, that's refreshing. Because <laughs> I was like, this can't feel like my job too. Yeah. It's your job. And yeah. it's like your thing. Yeah. It can't by default be my thing too. Yeah. So he kind of keeps like showing up and breaking all these expectations you totally. didn't realize you had. Yep. Because I grew up seeing um, worship leaders whose wives were expected to also have some type of role yeah and so it was it's always refreshing he comes back and says these things like why would you have to be there hmm. you you don't have to go great yeah because then i can choose to go and then i will probably like it yes <laughs> yes i mean it's in your control yeah right like you are not going to be duped yep. and, and i can ease into anything can like slowly approach this <laughs> like a cat decide for myself like kind of circle exactly. it a little <laughs> anybody's ever had a cat yeah who is like that <laughs> that is me yes <laughs> so you've got garrett mm -hmm. is part of city chapel yep are there and then i guess this is asking under the assumption that you trust city chapel kind mm -hmm. of based on what you've said about ron and garrett but it could mm -hmm. be too that as an institution you're still kind of like Ugh. Um, which but I'm is not fine. though. And yeah, I think it's because that. it's a really healthy mix of the way that Ron presents scripture. Yeah. Um, I never feel like somebody's trying to manipulate my emotions. Yeah. I never feel manipulated. Yeah. I mean the man side to sources. They're yeah, it's they're amazing. yes. Yeah. Always. Yeah. We <laughs> during his first we told him this so I can say it. We had a drinking game um, for him every time he'd say Frederick Dale Bruner. Oh, what from about his first from Sunchara? <laughs> is his latest one. Yes. Yeah. But it started with me and Ed, then a couple other people. Uh -huh. Every time he'd say Bruner, we'd like look, yep, look at each other yep. and drink coffee. But I love it. I don't yeah. feel like like he's trying to connect the Bible that I mean, I know he's read the Bible. Yeah. There are some pastors i don't know if they've opened the bible ever oh, or like these are topical sermons they're that are like they're all topical ridiculous. and then they tie in like a john three sixteen, and i'm like yeah. you got that off the bottom of a forever 21 bag that's not even yeah. hard yeah um and yeah. so i know ron has done the long and hard work mm -hmm. and i like the mix of am i bored sometimes yes do i love that uh-huh yes because yes. I like the people that surround me. I feel like yeah. they're there for some knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, I've always wanted something that feels like a classroom, and I go in and sit. Yeah. And it's like yes. a Montessori church where like I can go and play with some putty, or I can go draw, and nobody's going to care. 
Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, it's awesome. It, it feels yeah. like it's not about the production. And to me, that again, it comes all like down to that. Are you trying to manipulate my feelings? Yes, you are. And I do. I feel yeah. like I'm worshiping a screen. Yes, I do. Yeah, I don't want that feeling. It's very refreshing to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's freedom and like the ability mm-hmm. to heal in that. Am I 20 minutes late most Sundays? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> do people judge me they can and they have to yeah <laughs> and they will continue to be fine <laughs> no, I really don't care. yeah how do you separate um abusive or toxic churches and people from god because that's a that's a skill and that's mm-hmm. a gift to be able to do yeah. Um, to not like maybe maybe depersonalize it mm-hmm. um, is the right word, but talk to me a little bit about that. So in in my whole life, I think I inherited a little too much of my dad's compartmentalization. Like he's very good at that, um, but God yeah. has always been separate from those people and from those circumstances. Like I don't see yeah. God through those people. Mm-hmm. God is totally other, totally other entity. Like I don't even I don't even look for. God and people all the time yeah unless something really great happens or if mm-hmm. if we happen to be like doing a service together or yeah. in community for a long time yeah. um, God to me has always been like so separate that I that's probably why I still go to church and still believe in God yeah probably because I didn't say like well these people were supposed to be Christian and leaders and they were bad (laughs) yeah and I didn't blame I didn't blame God for that yeah that's amazing yeah like of a I think that is an incredible resiliency Mm -hmm. that you kids are resilient kids are crazy resilient yeah so let me know like why then church and I ask this like just not even as like a a host but I'm just even Mm -hmm. curious for myself then like if you're able to separate God from church, then mm-hmm. why church? Right. Why even be involved? I, I ask myself that a lot of times. Yeah. Um, church at this point to me is kind of more of a basis to God. I think I've always been like very willing to believe in God. Yeah. Um, but I want to know why I believe in this God. Like why am I mm. believing in our God? And yeah. I didn't, I, my dad studies the Bible like, wow, more than literally anybody I've ever met in my entire life. I already said that. Um, and so he, he's very firm in his belief, Mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm not as firm. I'm more willing to like experiment or think outside of the box or even think about, I'm Mm -hmm. willing to entertain conspiracy theories. I am one of those. (laughs) I don't believe them. I just think they're an interesting way of thinking. Yeah. They're so fun. Yeah. Just interesting. So anyways, I like to think about God, um, but I go to church to kind of learn about God or our, our God, okay. our scriptures through the ages. Yeah. Why this God? Yeah. How this God? Yeah. Yeah. So is that why like the, the presentation is important for you? Because it's the message, like you, if you're going to church to learn about God. If I'm not getting a message or a learning experience, like why am I going? That's why I go to city chapel. I don't want to just like hear anecdotal stories about a pastor's topical message like yeah that doesn't I can listen to a podcast for that yeah but having the word and feeling a little bit steeped in the word is nice that's kind of how I felt at college 
it felt very much like steeped in these hmm. um these rituals of like breaking bread together doing the communion yeah. through the rca there's a lot of ritual and there's a lot mm -hmm. of recitation and things like that that i had never experienced yeah and now i understand how it's comforting and it feels like a constant mm -hmm. and to me i do view that as important now because it's not yeah. all just about whatever this pastor said it's about kind of the recitation and it's about having the constants because like humans aren't always yeah. going to be constant no people are going to fail you like all the time yeah yep. they're going to disappoint you but if you can at least maintain some type of consistency yes it's not, like the turbulence yes I am 100% agree mm -hmm. and I think it gets richer over time mm -hmm. it's like I grew up in the CRC mm -hmm. um but we have similar language around communion and I've so I've I've heard that language as a child, mm -hmm. as an adult, when I've been at my lowest, when I've been at my highest, like that has been that constant language. And then you bring back, it brings back all mm -hmm. of those memories in such a rich, beautiful moment when they just say those words. Mm -hmm. so, so let's talk about hope. What yeah. gives you hope with the church? What gives me hope in City Chapel in Grand Rapids is that kind of breaks the mold a little bit um, with different RCA churches and different churches in general. Yeah. Um, I think city chapels being very intentional about the way that they've set up the services, mm -hmm. set up kind of the freedom of services. Um, yeah. It's kind of a come and go as you please situation. Mm -hmm. um, I feel welcomed there. I feel like it's my people. I think the first couple times I went there, I met total strangers mm -hmm. and they were remembering my name the next week. And they just seem like people who genuinely want knowledge. It's not, I'm just yeah. here for laughs and giggles and chumming around with my buddies. It's like, no, I like want to learn about the word. Yeah. Yeah. What is going on here? Or, and we're yeah. allowed to question things too. Yeah. Like, come on. Yes. There is no such thing as a question you're not allowed to ask mm -hmm. at City Chapel. Yeah. Like, absolutely. bring it on. Yeah. I've tested it, and it's yes. true. <laughs> like, you got issues with the church? Please, come air your grievances, because you're not yeah. alone. Yeah. Let's make a podcast on Yeah. It. Oh, yeah. Let's <laughs> lament. <laughs> Let's lament. And, like, Let's take time on to topic. do this. <laughs> yes. No, but I'm serious. That's It's beautiful. Yeah. Like, you can actually be who and what you are. I do believe in God. Like, I don't know why. It, like, everything sense. in life bombards you, and everything you read tells you you shouldn't, mm -hmm. because it just does. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I like City Chapel that I can ask those weird questions and not get weird looks. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I think that's the community that just keeps... That just keeps us going. Yeah, and I personally feel like that's a healthier space for myself because I almost get a little weirded out if, it, if people aren't asking tough questions. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You're just buying into everything all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like what's missing? What's being hidden? Yeah. What's... I'm like into the X-Files, so the truth is out there. You just have to <laughs> find it. Yeah, yeah. I have just so appreciated your perspective. Mm -hmm. And even with myself, I've kind of had this, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I need to appreciate. I mean, my episode is coming up, so you guys will hear Ooh, my own yes. dramas. But, or traumas, not dramas. But um, 
It's a joke that my episode is on uh-huh. trauma. Uh, oh, um, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> um, but it's like all those things set aside, there are churches mm-hmm. that are truly about the people mm-hmm. and that are truly about community and that are truly trying to do something. Um, truly trying to do something good, mm-hmm. full of earnest and honest people. Mm-hmm. And just knowing how much how rare that is and also just how much I've been looking for that and I've not been able to find it and at City Chapel it's like I've realized I've stopped looking but I didn't quite make the connection that I'd found it yes you are so balanced and you are so fixated (laughs) on like I think the core of what you are looking for you know like that Mm -hmm. balance you're articulate and you are honest and I think your voice is so important to have so please keep asking questions Mm -hmm. please keep be bringing exactly you are to the church because it is so needed mm-hmm. like I mean I can even say to you like oh I needed that oh, so it's good. so good yes of course <laughs> so thank you Laura good. you are great I think that concludes our podcast today thanks yeah thanks for coming on yeah